When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Um, This has been a very highly requested um, podcast episode and I'm excited to finally do it. I feel like I've talked about it obviously a bit before and it's something that is just such a big part of my life and has been since I was little, which is mental health, anxiety, all of that stuff. And I'm excited to talk about it because I think we all, not we all, but a lot of us, most of us have dealt with some sort of anxiety or mental health struggle. So I just believe that the more that we talk about it and share our own experiences and stories and whatnot, the more we just feel less alone and it helps all of us collectively as, as you know, humans. Um especially as young adults. I feel like this is a weird time. And I think more than ever, we're all struggling with some sort of varying mental health. Um, And I think it can come in waves too. I don't think that, uh, you know, some people don't experience it all the time. Some people, maybe it comes and goes. For me, it definitely comes in waves. Um, Honestly, it can be days or moments or months that are worse than others. So I feel like I should just give a little bit of background with my own anxiety and mental health uh, history. Um, But pretty much it started when I was probably like 12, 13. Um, I've mentioned before, I've had a very dark childhood kind of, um, just not uh, environmentally, but in my own head and just kind of the way I was, I was very troublesome and all over the place. And was, I was definitely a lot. And I think I just held a lot of darkness in me. I was very interested in dark literature and movies and books and topics and just very fascinated by like the darker side of life. And it started when I was younger and I think I just got exposed to a lot when I was really young and whatnot. So I've definitely talked about that some before, but that was really like how I was raised and and what I was around and how my brain was working. And I think I'm like a, just a genetic and brain chemistry scale I think it has a lot to do with my mental health and how I am how I function how my brain is so I think it's just a mixture of a bunch of different things that kind of come together to form the anxiety or the depression or the mental health issues excuse me oh my god um but anyways I started kind of just getting panic attacks when I was younger around 12 13 Um, I started getting very sensitive also to just like my environments and the world. I was a very dreamy little girl and my dad would always say that my head was in the clouds and that I was super just sensitive to my environments and I would, you know, cry during movies, sad little movies and I would have just very, um, a very hard time sometimes just existing in my environments without just being upset or getting angry or questioning everything and so I think that was how kind of how it started I just was like very aware of my existence from such a young age and 
I just kind of traveled into my teens and I obviously had waves where I was like more depressed and dealing with just like you know experiencing young adulthood and teenage years and whatnot and friends and boyfriends and relationships and my parents and school and all that so it's hard to know to kind of like where the environment comes in with this versus just like how I am as a person but I definitely had really severe panic attacks and depression and it stopped me from doing so much in my life and I know that I got I asked a bunch of um I asked a bunch of people I asked all my followers on Instagram I said that's so weird anyways I just asked if Uh, people would just want to share some questions or some thoughts about their own mental health or about anxiety in particular. And I got so many questions, um, which I'll go through soon, but it was wild how many questions I got. And a lot of people were asking like how to function daily uh, with mental health at times. And it was hard and it really just drastically changed the course of my life because I think I really um, focused so much on my mental health since I was little. I went to a psychiatrist and I was in therapy starting at age like 14 or 15. Um, so it started really early for me. I remember being at a psychiatrist's office and filling out all these forms about my mental health and kind of like having her give me these little tests to see like if I was bipolar, I have ADHD or depression, anxiety and whatnot. And I definitely got diagnosed with anxiety generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, and depression. And I got immediately put on medication. I was on Wellbutrin and Lexapro, and um, I was on it for probably about six years, honestly. And I was so young at the time. I was in high school, and I just didn't really – it was hard. Like, I I liked it, I guess, but, you know, I was so different then. I feel like I was a different person, so it's hard to say, like, if that – really worked for me. If it didn't, I think it did more or less, but I think I was still kind of depressed. I don't really know. It's hard. It's hard sometimes to look back at that time and know what helped and what didn't. Um, but I also was just like going through a lot. So I think it did kind of help. Um, but then I got off of it and, you know, having mental health issues affected me in my, I guess, in my life so much that I didn't even go to college. Like I literally applied to colleges. I wasn't doing well in school and high school at all because I just did not care about it. It was very like nihilistic and um, egocentric and just like super, super obsessed with my own life and what I wanted to do and nothing else mattered. No one else mattered. So I think that was from the depression. You know, I was a way of coping was just like just completely disregarding everything important in my life. And um, I even it got so bad where I would miss school some days and so I ended up having a bad attendance rate and I applied to all these schools and I got into a few of them some of my dream schools like one in New York for instance and I couldn't go because I was like there's no way I can go to college there's no way I can do this and go through schooling and be functioning like that so yeah I think it really hindered me and 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 made me definitely have to take a step back and I felt really isolated and scared like what what's gonna happen to me? Am I gonna be like this forever i remember I remember writing that in my journals like is this gonna be my life forever and it's just sad thought because obviously like it isn't and or honestly maybe it is maybe I'm always gonna be a little bit anxious or have weird kind of like mental health kind of stuff but I 
think it's just about how to continue to live with it and cope with it and kind of use it as a way to kind of just learn more about your own self and heal wounds. And I think like generationally, is that the right word? Generationally. Um, my grandmother has really bad anxiety and some of my, my family members do. And I know that that it can definitely be something that's passed down to you genetically. Genetically. Genetically? That was the word I was looking for. Anyways, and so it kind of makes me think that I'm like healing my grandmother's trauma too and kind of healing my own trauma and healing our lineage trauma, if that makes sense. So it's kind of a cool new way of looking at it. But it's crazy like considering it did hinder me so much as a young adult and as a teen. I am like so functioning right now. Like I live alone. I have my own apartment. I take care of myself. I'm pretty high functioning, which is crazy because I still deal with anxiety and depression in such a severe manner at times but I guess it's not severe enough to where it hinders me um, or it does temporarily and I'm able to kind of snap back out of it and I guess it's just because of what I've learned just during my life and and how to kind of cope you just learn how to cope and I think us as humans we're so adaptable and we adapt to tragedy we adapt to um, illness and to fear and to all of that. And so I think, you know, that's how I'm still up and running and doing my thing. Um, but I, I got a lot of questions and I think I'm going to start answering them because I think they'll also get into more of like my story, but I mainly want to talk about this because I actually posted on my story the other day about how I just went on a trip to New York and I flew and I have really bad flight anxiety, like super, super bad. Um, and it kind of went away this trip, which was wild because it was only a few months ago that I was on a plane and freaked out. So it was kind of wild to be on a plane now and expecting this panic to come. And because of my really low dose of Lexapro that I'm taking, I think it just really fucking helped me. And it was, it's been life changing. I'm only on five milligrams of Lexapro, which is an anti-anxiety medication. It's a very, very, very common one. And I was on it years ago, but it is just doing wonders. It is just, I was describing it like I normally go to the anxiety part of my brain, which is the irrational, fearful, uncomfortable, immediately worried part of my brain. And it consumed me for so long, for months and months and a lot of my life. It's completely consumed me just running through fears um, and having these phobias and kind of like just obsessing over bad things that could happen and all of that. And the medication or what I've been feeling recently is that I just, my brain chooses a different route. It chooses to be rational. It chooses to go, but Sophia, you're safe on this plane and you're with someone you love and and, and you're with other human beings and you're safe and you're fine and nothing's going to happen to you. Why would it? And I'm able to kind of access that part of my brain more than I have in the last year or a few years. And it feels so good because I think before you just feel crazy. You feel like I'm stuck on this plane and I can't get off and I'm freaking out. And I do that often in my life, you know, with anxiety. I think we all experience that in some degree where maybe, you know, you're at a crossroads or you're making decisions about life or something happened, you know, someone moved away or you have experienced some loss or illness or a roadblock and you just freak out and you don't know how to handle it you know you could just go what am I gonna do I'm stuck this is too much blah blah blah. I can't do it 
and we freak out. And sometimes we're not using the logical part of our brain or the part of our brain that feels safe and that knows it's okay. Because most of the time we're still okay, we're still safe, and we'll get through these things. But it's the anxiety and the depression that just take it to a whole nother level where you think, I'm not going to get through this. I can't do this. And you don't see the kind of the rationality of it. You just, you don't use your rational brain. So anyways, that's my little experience with medication so far. I'm on a very low dose. I might even ramp it up just a little bit more and stay there just to kind of take the edge off. That's kind of how I think about it. And someone messaged me when I post about medication and she said something super interesting because I think we always have this like stigma around medication that like it's some intense, super bad for you thing and you should just try doing all the meditation and eating well and cutting out sugar and exercising and whatnot. But there's times when, when you are so depressed or so anxious that you can't even do the basics of taking care of yourself. Like there's been times when like I, the last thing I want to do is go for a long walk and listen to a little happy go lucky podcast or cook myself food or like talk to friends or family. Like I didn't give a shit. I'm just like, I don't want to do that. I'm so depressed. I don't even want to do that. Or I'm too anxious to even walk around because I was so nervous and so ill feeling that I couldn't even handle it. So I think that yes, there's things you can do that are free and that are um, natural to help with mental health. But I think when you're sometimes so low, you can almost use medication as a band-aid. I know we usually like say you don't want to do a band-aid, but sometimes to even heal and to dig deeper and to, to kind of heal wounds and traumas, you can't just do it alone. So that's why my thing is like, I'm not going to be reliant on medication my whole life. I hope to get off of it maybe in the next year. But for right now, while I'm going through transitions and my family and my home has been ripped for me and I feel like I'm just in a big transitional phase, I need the extra support. And there's nothing wrong with using medicine in my opinion for that. So again, I'm not a doctor and I before I answer any of these questions or talk about this, I just should have prefaced by saying that I'm not a specialist, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I do have opinions and thoughts and what's worked for me and I love to share that, but please, you know, talk to your own doctors, your own family members, your own psychiatrist or therapist. Um, Don't just listen to what people do on the internet, but I will say that it could just open up a conversation at least or make you feel less alone. So anyways, lots of questions here. So I think I'm just going to start reading these out because there's so many. So, okay. Tips um, for voice memo therapy that you talk about and what is that? So this is funny. I got kind of a few of these questions, but basically the, like I've kind of in the last few months, I've talked about doing this thing where basically it's very simple. It's kind of stupid, but you basically just go on the voice memo app on your phone and you just go for a walk or you can lay in your bed whenever you're feeling anxious or feeling off or you just a lot on your brain or even just like stressed You just literally record yourself talking to your voice memo app like you would a therapist, like you would a friend, and just rant. Just like go all in, be like, this is what happened today, or this is how I'm feeling, or I'm confused about this, whatever it is. And for some reason, it just helps like say it out loud and talk about these things and like having it down. It's just like so nice and kind of like just you you release a lot. So... That's kind of something I always love to do. Um, 
Okay, another question. How to talk about it with your partner? Uh, I'm sometimes embarrassed whenever I have anxiety and don't know how to talk about it. Um, This is something that I think happens a lot and I've experienced this and still I'm working through it because I think there's really a vulnerability and a fear that comes with talking about it and you don't kind of want to identify it and be like, oh, I have anxiety or like I'm going to have a panic attack. And for me, I get a lot of anxiety thinking that I might have anxiety with the person. Does that make sense? Like I think we always want to seem cool and calm and collected and fine and I never want to show any of my partners that I was uncomfortable ever or anxious for no reason or having negative thoughts or whatever and um, I would even have panic attacks and I was so scared I'd get one in front of my boyfriend at the time or who I'm seeing and here's the thing is that I think that you just have to be honest and I think that like a lot of people deal with this stuff more than we think they do or they're They've had family members or had people around them that deal with it. So I think it's a lot less, it's a lot more common than we think it is. And I think that if this person cares about you or if you just trust them in any way, um, I say that you, that they'll accept you for who you are and they will respect and support you no matter what kind of you you say about your mental health especially with something you can't really control like mental health or it just happens sometimes and we all have things we all have this baggage or whatever you want to call it just shit that isn't always ideal I mean he probably might or she might have something that that bothers them or triggers them or that that you know a loss they've had or something like that we're not all perfect beings I think the sooner we realize that we don't have to be perfect beings for each other that's that's the best realization we can have is we're not all perfect. And so I don't think they're expecting you to be perfect. And I don't think that's, you know, we all can't just expect perfection from each other. We are, we're real human beings with real problems. And I think the sooner you communicate and just, just say, you know, like, hi, like, you know, I, I just, I, I experience anxiety sometimes. This is, you know, what kind of goes through my mind and it kind of comes up sometimes. I don't want to alarm you. It's something I'm dealing with or whatever. I think just talking about it, having the open communication and if they react poorly, then fuck them. Truthfully, you know, it's, it's kind of a simple matter, but you can't be ashamed of it because it's really nothing to be ashamed of. And sometimes it helps having someone that is comforting and there for you that knows about it too. Like I love that too. Like my boyfriend now, like I told him about it and he knows my flight anxiety and he like is extra supportive and extra sweet to me knowing this is like a a kind of a traumatic or a, a shitty thing for me. So I think talking about it is very good. Um, medication and side effects that you've dealt with, et cetera. Um, I am in such a low dose that I'm not currently experiencing side effects, but I know they can happen and I know people can be very scared of them because I know that some have weight gain or weight fluctuations, some can have moodiness or low libido, but I personally have not experienced any and I feel like, especially with the body stuff, I've talked about this before, but I just don't care. Like I feel like my mental health is more important than anything else. So a couple side effects here and there I'm fine with, and they usually go away when your body adjusts to it. So again, we're all so different, you know, talk to your doctor, talk to your psychiatrist if you're wanting to be on medication, um, and you know, gauge how your body feels on it. But I, it's hard to say, but I currently haven't experienced any. So 
um, how to talk to someone with anxiety. I love this because it's so important for us to kind of learn how to speak to others that have mental health problems, even if we don't as much. Um, so I think like just, I mean, I love this. I love that someone even cared enough to ask us. I think we need more of this, um, just more compassion for other humans and the ability to, you know, talk to each other when things get rough and to say, how can I support you? Or what do you need from me? Like that's what my ex-boyfriend used to always do, which was actually super sweet is whenever I'd have anxiety attacks or I would reach out to him and he could see the panic in my eyes, or I would be going through a depressive state or something like that. He would just say like, what can I do right now? So I think asking them just like, what can I do to support you? What can I do to make you feel better in this moment? How can I assist you um, through this? That's all I feel like we want to hear. Um, I feel like usually I would I'll let someone know, but I think knowing that they're there for me just simply as is and that it's okay. And for me, it's usually like also reassuring me that like it's not a burden. That's okay. That you're safe. Um, that you, but you, that you're just there. I think that's the key. Um, because then they'll feel more comfortable reaching out about things that could actually help them. So I love that. I think just, just being there honestly, and just expressing that you're actually there is really important. Um, how to be vulnerable when journaling. Um, this is something I get a lot too. People just seem to not be able to let it all out in the paper. And I think it's kind of funny because I'm someone that like so easily can express how I feel at all times verbally and on paper. And so it's not hard for me. So I have to remember that people express things differently or sometimes have trouble with it. And that's totally normal. And so I, you know, it's really hard to say. I think you just have to really think about what's holding you back not like holding you back but like why can't you be vulnerable with yourself like you are the only person you have to be vulnerable with you know this is not the only person you have but like it's the most important person you're the most important person to be vulnerable to be open with and it's your own brain you just have to write down your thoughts write what comes to mind write that you can't think of anything write that you can't get vulnerable ask yourself on paper why you can't. I mean, I like to start there. Like if I'm having blockages, like just talking about the blockages, like where's their blockages? Why can't you write what you want? And even not what you want, but like start asking just basic questions. Like, how are you feeling today? Or like, how are your relationships doing recently? Or what's been on your mind? Or what are some things that are making you really happy recently or really sad recently just start by asking like the basic questions and more and more will come out you know it's about kind of like training yourself to slowly open up and think about life in a different way and it's you know it's another thing it's another thing to your learning and um working on you know um thoughts on therapy amazing 10 out of 10 love it think it's a great thing that every single person should just be in therapy point blank um overcoming seasonal depression (laughs) this is one that I deal with very much so I am such someone that needs to be in the sun at all times to feel happy but you know I think it's really a matter of just deep insecurity when it comes to 
thinking that I need to always be productive and active and the sun is going to do something healing and I don't know. I think that the sun to me is productivity, is happiness and I give it too much power and I think I give so much of these things power. I think we give our routines powder power and we give our little habits power. We give healthy eating and exercising and obsessive, you know, lifestyles too much power and we think that that's what's giving us happiness and that's what's giving us the comfort, but I think it's more about just your own self and your own brain and I think going back to the fact that you can feel safe and happy and and inspired no matter what the weather is, no matter where you are in the world, no matter who you're with. Um that's kind of the the ultimate goal. And so I guess with seasonal depression, I would say on like a very easy kind of like just I'm also going to make a guide on this. Actually, I want to make a seasonal depression guide, but I think the easiest thing to say is take vitamin D, um, get sun whenever you can, wake up earlier when because it, it's more to get more sunlight during the day. For me, I love to start waking up earlier whenever the days are shorter. Um, that makes me feel like I have more time and kind of just like getting your circadian, circadian rhythm in check a little bit. Um, and then just eating lots of vitamin D rich foods and just making sure you're nourishing yourself and feeling supported. Also just like reaching out to lots of friends, FaceTiming, still going like to see movies or museums or kind of giving yourself things to do, um, whenever it's rainy or cloudy or kind of cold. Um, just making sure you're still supporting your nervous system and your soul and your brain and all that good shit. So yeah, but it is hard and sometimes honoring just the hibernation and the colder seasons is good too. So, um, okay. Then I got a lot of like how to deal with the physical parts of anxiety, which is so interesting because I been dealing with that since the beginning of time I feel like I I just like I don't know like I I I mean I think for their physical nature is very 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 um controlled by your mental state and so I have found that for most of my life my physical how I feel physically is is definitely indicative of how I am mentally so I have dealt with everything from IBS to um, debilitating stomach issues to chronic pain in my body to losing a significant amount of weight and then getting it back, losing my period, just being so stressed out that I literally um, have made myself nauseous all the time, chronic headaches, chronic tension. I mean, you name it, I've had it. And it's all the doctors, every single doctor that I've been to, rheumatologist, um, dermatologist for my skin, um, hepatologist for my liver, gastroenterologist, uh, regular doctor, um, my acupuncturist, they've all said that it's all fucking stress. And so a lot of it is just, we have this gut brain axis, the vagus nerve and these nerves in our stomach that literally are our second brain. And so most people that deal with IBS, it's purely because of stress. Like people have stress diarrhea or they get like, their stools are all crazy from, from different types of like you know, sporadic eating and being stressed out and you're, and you get all crazy and anxious. And so your, 
your um your stomach starts like cramping and all of that and it makes you also just have more stress and inflammation in your body and inflammation causes gut problems it causes you know bacteria overgrowth it causes um your body just to become inflamed and bloated and sometimes you lose your period and all that too and it's just so wild because it's it's really just the mental health component and so i notice like whenever i go to new york or go on trips or I'm around people that make me happy and I'm laughing a lot and I'm with friends and I'm enjoying my life. I just don't have as much stomach problems or I'm not feeling as ill. It's so wild. And so I would say that taking supplements that help calm you down um, really help with the stomach and the overall physical pangs of anxiety. So lots of like, I guess this is a good time just to talk about some of the things that really help me. Um... I'll talk about some natural things that that really helps me, but taking and having like, I guess a little bag or keeping a little, I don't know, a little baggie full of some herbs or teas or supplements with you at all times is super comforting. So I like to keep, you know, ginger chews on me for my stomach, which is really good for nausea. I like to keep peppermint tea and chamomile tea on me. I like to take ashwagandha in the mornings or magnesium glycinate at night. Super, super good for anxiety and for mood and for just like nervousness um also good for digestion um but also taking a good quality probiotic is so good for your gut health and it helps with mental health as well when your gut's happy and healthy your stomach is happy and healthy your brain is happier and healthier so that helps a lot um making sure your immune system's good so i like to always just have like zinc and vitamin c and get lots of fruits and vegetables in and also taking like L-theanine uh, supplements can be really good for anxiety and taking valerian root at night is so good to help sleep. Um, chamomile tea before bed is really good for sleep. Making sure you're getting enough sleep. Like when I'm tired, I literally get so anxious at night um, and during the day. So making sure you're also exercising enough. I notice that when I don't walk enough or I'm not as active, I literally feel so much worse. Um, and just making sure that you're kind of also just like supporting yourself with the foods you're eating, um, making sure you're not intolerant to too much, getting blood work done too, to just make sure your, all your levels are good. Um, but also I do take Ativan at times, which is a drug that you get prescribed that really helps with my severe panic attacks, because that was something that was ruining my life. And, um, it's just so much better now knowing I have that to take if I need to get um, more like, you know, leveled out, especially during like a big panic attack. So those are some of my biggest tips. Um, I think really though, like checking in with the therapist, checking in with the doctor, kind of just like seeing, you know, your options and talking to professionals. They know what they're doing and talking to your friends too. And I think just realizing that mental health is just such a normal, not normal, it shouldn't be normalized, but it should be. Um, It's just kind of part of life and of the human experience, I like to call it. And I think that it just, it happens to more of us than we think it does. And it's just, there's ways to help yourself and there's ways to feel better. And that's you know, really, um, really important to, to think about and just honestly being kind to yourself and taking it day by day. And if you need more support, 
um, you know, from your friends, from family, from medication, whatever, reach out and try it and try these things and see if they work for you, you know, find rhythms and routines that make you feel good and all of that. So I really would love to also get a therapist or some sort of like psychiatrist on one day. I think that could be so cool. So, um, I'm going to try and maybe do that for another upcoming episode, but for now, I just kind of wanted to share my experiences on all of this and um, kind of just give some insight about what's going on. But I got so many amazing questions and um, I was excited to make this. So anyways, I will talk to you guys next week. I have a really cool guest and I'm super excited for that. So all right. Talk to you guys soon.